What are we supposed to do when we're desiring to live in a more missional way, but we don't have the support of our pastor and local church leadership? Heath and I hear this all the time from listeners of the show. They say, I'd love to start a missional community, but the church we go to, they just don't get it. Or they'll say something like, I would really love to live the way that you and Heath talk about on the show, but my pastor doesn't see it as something that's sustainable. Well, we feel your pain, and we want to say there is hope. Don't give up, but do get started. This is the Life School Podcast, episode number 207. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, brother. What a good time at the old rugby game yesterday. I know, man. It's your new favorite sport, right? It's, it's, <laughs> I, I have a growing appreciation for it, I'll say. Okay, yeah. So the I, Seattle Seawolves. It's a little confusing at yeah. first, right? Scrimming and scramming and scrum. Scrumming. Scrum and ruck. Scrumming Scrum and, and rucking. I know, I, and I'm going to offend some of our listeners here. Sorry. I'm going to do this to the soccer players, people that are way into soccer. <laughs> but, you know, like rugby has nonstop clock, like soccer. So the game just goes on. It's like life, right? It just keeps yep. going. Except there's a ton of scoring, you know, because the soccer game, big old crazy soccer game ends in one zero or a tie like what yeah. there's a lot of scoring in rugby a lot of hits no pads yeah i mean right? those guys are they are we saw are some guys like warriors yeah like but you know there's like 30 percent uh 30 percent less no 30 percent of the injuries compared to nfl Really? Yeah, so like 70% less or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So anyway, has nothing it's to do with game. the topic today other than <laughs> life goes on continually, the game of life stops, and so does the mission, and sometimes you just get hit and knocked down, and unfortunately, it might even be by your own leaders. <laughs> so, <laughs> sort of like the battle, right? The yeah. scrum. So there we go. That's the, yeah. <laughs> the scrum. Pushing around, you got your head crammed up someone. <laughs> oh, I can't say <laughs> Okay, so this is actually crazy, because I, I one thing that does make me really sad, and we hear about it a ton... Yeah, almost it, like weekly. Yeah, absolutely. It's people who listen to the show that go, man, I really love what you guys are talking about on the show. I, I want to live that way, but my church just doesn't support that. Or we wanted to start something like that, and our church kind of said, no, we, we need to finance Bible studies instead. Or they're scared of it, or they see it as a fad. Yeah, they just aren't fans like of this missional yeah, they don't, community. They haven't living. gone deep enough to understand the difference. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we start by giving like a general fly overview of what separates like a typical American institutional church model from what we talk about when we describe a missional community. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to describe a couple thousand years of church history and okay. reduce it down. <laughs> go for it. Um, well, I, I seriously, I have to just kind of give a bit of a knee jerk, but I, yeah, I think it will set the table. It's a good, it's a good way to start. So um, when we say a typical American, or I, I won't even say American, a tip, typical traditional institutional church model, it's going to be much more Sunday focused. Mm -hmm. The idea is that the primary organizing structure of the church happens as the saints all to come together for a worship service. Okay. And then perhaps some other things like discipleship and mission happen. And we send people out and we call them missionaries when they go overseas and all that. Sure. When we describe a missional community, um, it is, and that could be a whole church. And I think all churches actually should be missional communities in a sense that um, the mission, the only mission that we have as the church that Jesus has given us is to make disciples. Hmm. And we see that in, in 
in the Bible, the primary organizing structure of the church was always that. It was an oikos. It was a small group of people who were family and close family members and the people you worked with and your neighbors, and they lived together as a proclamation of the gospel. And their and their job was to proclaim Christ and his good news and make disciples of Jesus who made more disciples. That was their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, hey, we'll meet once a week, and that's our primary thing, and then we'll kind of live our own lives and see what happens. So there's a big difference between a sort of Sunday-focused... right. And I'm not saying it's there's not good stuff, like the word is being preached, the gospel, right? Sure. And then a community or a church where the the whole goal, and I believe it's Jesus calling our life, the primary organizing structure is families on mission who make disciples who make disciples. And it's from a spreading out and multiplicational way, it, there's, there's no comparison. Because your average person, as we know, is not going to reproduce what they see going on on Sunday. Sure. And of course, we also know, unfortunately, it's less and less... Uh, successful and hard, you know, and more and more people are bailing out from that. Yeah. So, even from a pragmatic standpoint, smaller, lightweight communities and and often still connected to a more traditional church, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, but l- smaller, lightweight communities of families on mission together who are making disciples in their neighborhoods and, and in every little walk of life. That that's there is a huge difference. And if if your focus is on attracting people to a service or a performance of some sort, and you think the goal is we got to get people saved, versus what Jesus says is no, the kingdom has come. Now walk in it and make disciples, help people yeah. move from unbelief to belief. That's a very big difference. So when you're kind of assessing the question I just asked, do you see it as an either or proposition? Like either a church is Sunday service focused and more traditional, or they're missional community driven. Is it both? Is it one or the other? What do you think? Well, I think often it is sort of different. It's either or. Yeah. And I know I know a lot of churches though that are really working hard these days to say, we believe it's good and right to gather up the saints. And I do too. So I would vote for that. I say yes. The the we are smarter and wiser together. And the giftings and sitting under the best teaching and the best prophecy and the best evangelists and Mm. the best teaching and all that is, and the most mature, we are more safe and mature together than we ever are apart. Um, Unfortunately, you kind of got to pick your lead horse. Okay. Rare, it seems, and and I want my listeners, they're going to get online here and they're going to tell me, (laughs) rare does it seem though where I see churches that were started out traditionally and, and somehow they have a dual a-level focus. Hmm. Or I, I know churches that say, no, we're, we're, we started out as a mission community, and as that multiplies, we get to gather, and we yep. do. We still gather up. We recongregate ourselves. But our primary mission and focus is still the day-to-day, the six days and 22 hours, and making disciples, living like family, inviting people to God's table, and making disciples in everyday rhythms of normal life. That's our focus. Oh, and a couple hours a week or once a month or however they do it, we also love and find it very beneficial to pull together. Sure. So I don't think it has to be either or, but unfortunately, if all of your funding and and focus and time and effort goes into about an hour and a half, 90 minutes to two hours a week, and you have someone hired who's like the director of or the head of discipleship or the head of mission or some local mission or whatever, sure. that means it's not everybody's responsibility. It's that person's. It's his job. It's her job yep. to lead everybody. And you're like, but wait a minute. If Jesus said that 
that we're to make disciples to make disciples. That's the only mission he gave the church. That's everybody's job. It's the only job we have. That's the elders. That's the deacon's job. That's Sunday school's job. It's like, how do we make more disciples of Jesus who make more disciples of Jesus so that we're accomplishing the eternal purpose, and that's filling the world with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, with what he's like. Yeah. What he's like, right? So long answer, does it have to be either or? No, it doesn't. And uh, my, my good friend's... Hugh Halter and Matt Smay, who wrote the Tangible Kingdom Primer, they also wrote a book a few years ago called "And mm-hmm. the the Gathered and Scattered Church." And the point of the book wasn't um, that it was either or, but sure. it was like, can you can you gather and scatter, or yep. can you scatter and gather? Yeah, you get to. So. so, I think one of the things that you add to the conversation that's really helpful with this topic is that part of your story is you've actually worked as a pastor in a big church in the past. So yeah. you're not just speaking as like this rogue missional community. Agent and oddly enough, I was head of production, huh. so I was the guy in charge of the thousands of seats and like you know like cue camera lasers and, and like okay <laughs> lights up lights and no slower lights up okay hey you know Heath when you did the announcements the third service you kind of went like fifteen seconds long you have to tighten that up oh, next yeah. week you know that was my job jeez <laughs> look at that well so you've so you've worked in the big church and yeah. I think you can actually speak into like maybe why or what pastorally speaking do you see as potential threats that are going on in a pastor's mind when they're confronted by people who are wanting to live in a way that might threaten threaten the institution a little bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it does a little. So I, I want to be careful is that I don't know the hearts of anyone. So please take with what I'm going to say as with a grain of salt and also with love, but also from the experiences of many people who've told me, this is my fear or sure. this is my big challenge to this, okay? So uh, I will say this is an accurate answer, but it does not reflect everybody's heart, okay? Yep. I want to be a little bit careful here. So, so okay, first, first and foremost biggest threat to this is if I'm going to really start promoting a life on mission, everyday discipleship, people live in this way, making disciples, learning how to speak the good news and everything, like sure. that gospel, you know, then I am going to have to live this first. Hmm. And I'm going to have to have elders that actually make disciples who make disciples and their lifestyle looks like that. Hmm. You know, we often say like, shouldn't, shouldn't our staff and elders be the rock star disciple makers of the church? So you're a young couple, you show up with a couple of kids in tow to a church yep. and you go, Hey, we just moved into the neighborhood. It's amazing. We're right, you know, across the street from you guys. We want to learn how to make disciples. And you know, we we're brand new Christians mm. and like, Oh, well, you know, all you have to do is like hang out at their house a lot. Sure. You know, cause they just live this. They just yep. live it 24 seven. In fact, maybe they'd let you even move in. They got a, you know, some spare bedrooms and like spend six months with them. You'll know the gospel and you'll know how to make disciples. Well, that's not often the case. And that's a fear. Hmm. You know, yeah. I got an email today from a pastor, like currently pastoring goes, I have never been fully discipled in a way that's all of life Gosh. and I'm pastoring and I need your advice on where do I start? So he was humble, right? Yeah. So that's that's a that's a great response. So that's one of the fears. Another thing, um, one time I was teaching at a seminary, and uh, the head of you know all, like theology, who was his class, he was having me as a guest. He said to his his class, he said, you know, it's all you know pastoral students. Yep. He said everything that Caesar's going to teach you here coming up about discipleship and the gospel and your identity and living on mission and make, you know, being an everyday disciple, all, all that stuff is accurate. It's from scripture. Hmm. I guarantee you. Um, and you'll ask yourself, well, why doesn't our church do more of this then? Yeah, exactly. And he said that you, that your pastors don't have a problem with it theologically, but they have a problem with it financially. Hmm. Like working them out of a job. Or, or they go like, I don't get it. If everybody's meeting in homes oh. and really living life this way, when do you collect the tithe? Huh. And what if they stop coming to Sunday 
And I've seen that happen where people are like, you know, our people are really starting to live on mission and they're starting to put their money into brokenness that they see. Yep. And not as much of it's showing up on Sunday. And we already, you know, in America live with, what is it, 2.3, you know, committed Christians make it to Sunday service like 2.3 times a yeah, month or really something little. like that, yep. 1.8, or I don't even know, you know, if anybody knows. But, but, uh, but the, you know, I can remember my own brother-in-law as he was starting to learn some of these ways. He's like, mm. so wait a minute, you're telling me, like, if you were my pastor, you would advise probably better that me and my lost buddy next door, who I've been trying to get to know forever, who finally wants to go golfing with me, yeah. but he can only do it Sunday mornings, I should probably skip the church service and take that guy golfing and love on him? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. On. What else would you do? You know, like, you know, you can hear this message online or whatever, you know, it's sure. like, so... I think those are some of the fears is like, I'm going to have to live it. And I don't know that I know how. And I'd say like, like, you know, like easy, be, give yourself a break. Cause mm. you, you can too. And you know, God raises up the humble. I, I, nothing would be better for like the biggest of churches. And I, but I have seen this. So I know some sure. <laughs> that have said, listen, I do not know how to live out the life that we're proclaiming that Jesus commanded that he lived. And yep. we're doing a lot of great programs here and we're seeing people come to faith in Christ. Hallelujah. But I, I'm going on a journey of how to make disciples and live this life out. And so that means we're going to start backing off of some programming. We're going to start lessening a few things that are going on. Sure. You're going to start hearing my stories change because I'm going to be out there bumbling forward. Do you want to join me in this? And I'm sorry. So I'm repenting and I'm apologizing. You know, I've seen it and it's right. a beautiful thing. And those churches do great. Really? So, yeah. So You know, one of the things I was thinking as you were just talking was about how even looking at the life of Jesus, it seems like... He had this balance. He had his time in the temple courts, and then he also had this time on the way to different places. There was a lot of parables of like, and on his way here, yep. Jesus was stopped mm-hmm. by this person. So most of his ministry occurred outside of the walls of the temple or religious, maybe structured program. Uh, but there was a fair balance of both. So how would you reconcile? Yeah, at one two? point he says, like, why do you arrest me when I was at the temple teaching every day? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that sounds he like he was time there. There, there was yeah. a lot, you know. Now, yeah. They didn't have a, like a full-on service. I don't think every day. I don't know. I'm not, you know, super scholar when it comes to that. But I, sure. but I think like what you're saying, temple courts. So he was there. Well, first off, I'd say there's there is some differences. Okay. Just to be fair to the text, Jesus was called to the Jewish people and the lost sheep of Israel, right? Right. And pretty much all of the Jews were were pretty devout. Okay. And I'm, you know, we don't know everybody's heart to every degree, obviously, right? But. There is some evidence that, you know, especially the young men, they would have all memorized the Torah by the time they were 12 or 14. You sure. know? So the cultural difference there compared to our world where most people are not devout is very different. So Jesus spent a lot of time called to the Jews. Where did Jews hang out? Uh, by the temple. Temple courts, yeah. So, yeah. so let's go there. So that was his calling, and he, he, he knew it. And so sure. he's there, okay? But as you said, most of what we see in the text, though, was kind of along the way, and it was at meals, and it was in yep. the normal rhythms of life, right? So we see him grounding. And by the way, we don't have like, here's the 45 sermons, or here's the 100 sermons that Jesus preached in the temple. Yeah. But we have a lot of stuff of him on hillsides and at meals yep. and along the road and all that. So that's what we work with. Um, we see him grounding his teaching on the kingdom, meaning a present reality uh, of and who his father was in normal everyday life and language and story as they did life together, hmm. as you pointed out. So temple life or work or meals, all of it was for Jesus was life on life, life in community and life on his dad's mission. That's good, man. Right. And I, I never think, considered that before. And I think we get to have it that way too. But yeah. here's the thing. If you feel pretty clear that God's called you to make disciples of 
this person or this people group, and they're never coming to your church service, then I'd say, you need to be with them. Yep. You need to be where they're at when they're at. Right now, I'm coaching a guy named Tom. I won't, I won't you know, out him too much here, but he listens, to, I think, to Life School. So, and he, is, he has come across that, wait a minute, a lot of the people that our whole corporate church has said that they just long to see come to know Christ and, and be discipled to walk in his ways, um, they're primarily only available on Sunday mornings. Yep. So they're doing the hard work right now of transitioning, and it's hard work, but they're, and he's doing a stellar job, hmm. transitioning to a Saturday night evening service for the existing family so, so as to Sundays. free up their yep. Sundays for That's those cool. who are on mission. And it's it's not without its scars and scabs, you know what I'm just saying? Yeah. But so far, God's been gracious to them, and it's happening. You know, uh, one of the other questions we, we get quite a bit is what to do if, like, you're in a community that's already in this sort of model, you're, you're trying to seek the lost so out. You've got a mission community started, you're, yeah, you're getting after it, you're meeting people, you have people of peace, yeah. Yeah, you got a little bit of a vision, you're moving forward, but the pastor comes along and says, hey, we need you to either stop it or disband it because it doesn't fit, like, our model of how we do church, uh, or we don't have any official authority of the church, like, attending that missional community every week to report back as to what's going on. How do we convince them that the best path forward uh, is this model without being a complete nuisance to church leadership? Is that possible? Yeah, well, I, I think that has more to do with that, those leaders and mm-hmm. their polity. And if they, you know, that, like you said, a, you said a key yet kind of like a word that I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said, when you said like, well, we don't have authority in that. It's like, we're not there to report back. Yeah. And I've heard that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I have too. Yeah. It, that's creepy because you know, we don't see anything like that. where like, you know, Andrew and James and, you know, even Paul were having to like send back reports, you know, like yeah. they, they did, but it was always good news. Like, oh my God, the Greeks are coming to faith. You know, it wasn't like, did you hear So-and-so what he said? So-and-so was not there. Yeah. So-and-so had wine. I know they did. You know, <laughs> like, was it on a Sabbath? Yes, it was. You yeah, know? exactly. Oh my goodness. So that's a little bit weird, creepy. So I think a lot of that has to do with the leaders in place. Hmm. Um, is it our job to convince them? I think let your lives do the convincing. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it two ways. Okay. Live Live what God has put on your heart, and Jesus has commanded, go and make disciples. I think if you, you know, I have people all the time saying like, well, you know, we've been wanting to do this for years, but our church doesn't support it. I'm like, are they forbidding you from doing it? Hmm. What do you mean? Are they forbidding you from making disciples? Well, no, of course not. Okay, then. Then no one is saying you can't have people over and treat them like family. You can't learn how to be a blessing, you know, blessed to be a blessing out there with people, Um, that, that, that you can't find ways to, to, to share the word of God and, and, and see the gospel rooted in people's life. Like nothing's mm. stopping you from doing that as a community. Like your time's all your own, right? Sure. Now, so do that and let your life and let the fruit of the gospel just emanating out of all of your lives, let that be the witness. Let it do the convincing. Hmm. That's good. Also, I will say this, and this will be the hardest word of all. If you are a church that forbids you gathering in certain ways, and you can't do this, and you can't live on mission, and you can't, you know, without some like someone officially being attached, I would pray cons- strongly and consider, do we need to get into a church that actually takes the biblical command sure. of go and make disciples seriously, and looks at the whole of the New Testament and says, the primary organizing structure of the church yep. was homes, was oikos, that's the word. When yep. you see word church, it's oikos, which means family household of faith, that's so... So that's that's a hard word, and I, I rarely ever counsel somebody, you should move on. I say stay and be the difference. Hmm. But if they're forbidding you, yeah. well, don't be a sneaky, you know, like don't do that. Don't, like a house divided won't stand. Sure. Then honor them 
by saying, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and we don't want to be, you know, we, we, we don't want to have a house divided here. So we're going to, we're going to go ahead and keep making disciples. Please pray for us. And we're going to continue to pray God's best for you. Now, what if there's like a, what if there's somebody who's kind of in the middle? Like, I, I appreciate what you said and that it's not our job to convince the pastor or church leadership that this missional way is a better way of living, though you and I both strongly believe that. Maybe you got a pastor who doesn't understand but wants to learn or a leadership team that goes, it's working. We don't, we, it's not our norm, but we see it's working. How would you suggest to begin having that conversation with either the pastor or the leadership team if they are at a crossroads? I think the lowest hanging fruit is like share some books with people, you know, like, hey, pastor, this is a book that's really given us some wind in our sails. Okay. And I, we've all read it and it's given us lots of encouragement. It's deep in us in the gospel. Like, like, could you read that? And like, I'd love to get some coffee with you, like, you know, every couple of weeks and just see what you're getting out of it. Hmm. You know, see what it's doing in your heart. Maybe, maybe even if, you, if you're kind of like, if he's interested, like maybe even read it as a couple and see what you think, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think of like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to shameless self-promotion here. Transformed. Give them transformed. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. Or Jeff's book, Saturate, yep. Van, right. By Vanderstel. Or, or give them tangible kingdom. Mm-hmm. Or. I've, I've seen people do this. Hey, our group's going to be going through the gospel primer together, and I know you've got your own group and you got some stuff going. Would you just join us for eight weeks? We're going to go through this, and it's going to really put a lot of flesh on our gospel identity and how it gets lived out in the normal rhythms of everyday life. Yep. And would you just give us like eight evenings to kind of really deeper dive into what we're doing and why and see see what the Lord says to you in that? And after that, you know, if it still just isn't your ballywick, then... Fair's fair, but would you do that? I, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the, where they're, they're not forbidden it, but they don't get it. Books, some small experiences like that. When you're going out serving, hey, why don't you come and join? You know, you and your family come and join us while come we serve. What it's like, but then yeah. come out, come come afterwards when we have a meal with everybody, and we kind of download like how we saw the gospel playing out, and you know, evidences of grace and what God was doing. Yep. I want you to join us for a couple of those. See why we're so excited. Oh, that's cool, man. I, I think that could be a real blessing. Yeah, you know, I uh, like you had said earlier too, like the Tangible Kingdom Primer, Gospel Primer, those are really great study guides to start with because there's this consistent rhythm, you're gathering, it's always around a meal. Everybody does something a little bit each day. Yeah. You know? And I think for transitioning churches, you know, oh, great. the Tangible Kingdom Primer, that's your starting point. That's a killer one. So say um, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what, we've listened to this long enough. We want to we want to move towards this direction. We want we want to figure out how to f- how to do this. What Pastor's the next not going to read are. the books. He hasn't. He said no or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but we want to learn. Yeah. yeah, and we want something maybe a little bit deeper than just the the thirty minute podcast every week. I know you. I know we've got tons of resources we like to give. Maybe you could share some of those with the listeners. Well, like I mentioned, Tangible Kingdom Primer is is a great one for that transitioning because yep. it's eight weeks. Everybody in the community is going to do a little bit of something every day yep. for eight weeks, but not together. But then you have an action day, and you've and we've talked Always about eat together. Yeah. Yep. Same with the Gospel Primer. It's it's seven days a week for eight days. We'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. Now for the super serious, okay, okay. is you know. Did you know, Tina and I, we do a lot of coaching where yep. we actually disciple people who've not been discipled in this way. Now, it's not the same as if we're face-to-face, but our our uh, our coaching, you get a lot of experience and you get a lot of access to us, unlike any, like, I'm not kidding you, like people, you see my phone blowing up That's right amazing, now, yeah. this is all coaching stuff going off right now, because all my people <laughs> constantly I coach, happening, yeah. they, it's just constantly happening, right? Let me just, let me give something even easier than, like, if, if you want to, you know, to get connected to coaching, great, but... Um, starting on Monday, March 18th. Okay. So if you're hearing this like way later, you, you missed it, wait for the next one. But if you're hearing this this week, um, starting Monday, March 18th, I'm doing what I call a four-day challenge. Uh-huh. And I'm going to do it live on Facebook, like four days in a row straight. Okay. And 
I'm going to help people get started right away. Like in four days, there'll be a little bit and then a little bit of homework. Totally doable. And then a little bit more and a little bit of homework, right? Yeah. And then it'll even be prizes. Like if you actually do the homework, and I'm going to trust people, I'm going to be giving out like Amazon gift cards and stuff. I just, because just to get people unstuck. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Just to get them unstuck. And um, I'm going to break down exactly how we start making disciples at the beginning of a missional community in normal life into simple steps and principles and anybody can join me if they're up for that challenge. So, um, like I said, there'll, there'll be like downloads and there'll be homework each day. And I'm going to go live four okay. mornings in a row and, um, they can, they can sign up for that. It's all totally free. There's no, there's no bait and switchy or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, then they can sign up for that by, they can go to the show notes and find a link for it. Or if you can remember it, just go to one, two, three, lifeschool.com forward slash challenge. It's easy. One, two, three, lifeschool.com forward slash challenge. Yep. And you can join me for that. And, uh, I'll go live for 30, 40 minutes, four days in a row. Yeah. And then wink, wink, even after those four days, I'm going to be on for the next four, five, six days answering questions and stuff too. So I'm, this is going to be a big commitment just to see, can we dislodge a whole bunch more missional community for people? Because that's the hope, right? Like we're not, we're not, making tons of money off this show the hope is we want to see disciples we make any made. on this show yeah, that's true that <laughs> was a very see... humble way of <laughs> we just want to see disciples made everywhere in Absolutely. every context and, and so, so and this is a, in this topic today of like those who feel like i'm not getting encouragement or I, like or, or maybe you know how about those who are like i'm le- i'm the guy i'm leading the church and i don't know right yeah so um yeah so you join me for that challenge get go to one two three life school.com forward slash challenge sign up it's free and you'll get a couple emails reminding you so you don't miss them because they will be live okay and uh, i'd love to have you join me for that and see and i think you'll be surprised at how much in four or five days you can actually get done sure. with a little bit of help a little bit of coaching quote unquote oh, a little bit of encouragement bit, yeah. plus there'll be a lot of people doing it in faith i think there's gonna be a lot of people joining us yeah and um i think that will encourage the heck out of people like we're not crazy you know <laughs> those are cool too because then you start finding people near you and you're doing it together and hey let's keep on the the free train by giving away the big three for free this week right yep here we go uh the big three you get those for free by going to one two three lifeschool.com forward slash big three and those are the three takeaways that if nothing else we want you to to walk away with distilled in beautiful form again you get those for free by going to one two three lifeschool.com forward slash big three caesar what are the big three for this all week? right the big three that'll be in that download so first one i'll say making disciples as a lifestyle with families both your nuclear family and extended on mission together is the primary organizing structure of the church don't miss that i said it's it, good I man. snuck it in there a few times Okay, so a missional community, just to like shorten it up, a missional community is the primary organizing structure of the church, oikos, family and mission. God has always desired a worldwide earthly family that would live in such a way as to show the world his love and generosity, inviting everybody to a place at his table. And this needs to happen in all of the normal rhythms of everyday life, not just once a week. Number two, ma'am. Second of the big three. Don't miss this. The gospel is just as needed and powerful for Christians within the church as it is for not yet believers outside of traditional church structures. Hmm. Any and every environment or ministry style that proclaims and demonstrates the good news of the gospel is vital yep. and it should be honored. You'll never lead a movement of change by being against anything or everything. So good. Right? What are you for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Live as an example. Let your good deeds and your humility shine the light for everyone else to see and follow you. Yeah. That's great, dude. Okay. Number three. Third one. Uh, many of our, you know, like many of our ministry choices, like don't miss this, our and our strategies really boil down to personal preference. 
Okay. <laughs> but disciple making is the only mission that the church exists for. And discipleship happens in community, like Jesus did, life on life, life together on mission. And if our churches are focused on funding and striving to get consumer Christians to sign up for endless programming, sure, and they're not actively living as a, a family of God all week together as disciples who make disciples, well, they're missing out on the exact and only reason that the church exists. So for that, I would implore you to please get started doing this right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Join me in the challenge. Be a model for change that is needed and then keep going for there. Okay. Yep. So I really, I just want to say, please join me. If nothing else, even wh- wherever you're at in the, you know, if you're doing it, you're kind of successful, you're not doing it, you're rocking it. Join me for the, fr- the, the four day challenge and see what you can learn and how much more you can get done in, a, in just a few days, you know, with a little bit of help and encouragement. Man, the, uh, the quote that you said that you'll never lead a movement of change by being against anything is just really convicting to me. Because again, the heart in all this is not to, it's not to slam anything. It's just to call it anywhere the good news is preached, the actual gospel of grace. Yeah, you know, and who God is and what He's done and what's now true of us. Anywhere that's happening, p- please promote that, support it, fund <laughs> Go it. Go for it. But let's, but let's, let's do the mission we've been called to, and that's make disciples, with disciples in everyday life. Absolutely. Again, you get the big three by going to one two three lifeschool dot com forward slash big three. We'll get those to you right away. If you haven't yet joined our Facebook group, all you got to do is go to Facebook up in the search bar, type in Life School Podcast. Caesar or I will approve you to the group. And we will not kick you out until you say something in fact, awful. In fact, the, this challenge, this four-day, everyday disciple challenge, yep. is happening inside the Life School Facebook group. Oh, so you have to become... So you'll click, uh, we'll send you a link, and it's, you'll click, and you'll join the group, and then the, awesome. that's where the trainings will be live. And How know. fun. Yeah. And there's a good family in there already. I mean, there's we're a having... ton. So we're going we're gonna to be hanging out with you, like, nonstop for those days. That's so cool. <laughs> I've got it all blocked out. It's all I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, growing in patience, not just with ourselves, but with God, with one another. Patience is a big deal, man, and it's something we haven't talked about yet. In don't pray years. for patience. Yeah, don't pray for patience. <laughs> I, I, I was told that Whoops. as a kid. <laughs> Join us for that next week. If you want more information on today's show, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.